0: Welcome to WASH Talk, the podcast series from IRC, where we talk about water, sanitation and hygiene services around the world. I'm Jerome Westerbeek and next to me is Katharina Fonseca. She's from the International Programme of IRC and today we'll be talking about monitoring systems for WASH. We'll be talking to Tom Slaymaker. He's from the Joint Monitoring Programme for Water Supply and Sanitation. Which is a collaboration between the World Health Organization
1: and UNICEF so we often find um, that there is contamination in pipes water systems which um, previously have been um, uh, thought of as as a, as a high level as giving a high level of service
0: so today we talk about monitoring systems for a wash what makes proper monitoring so difficult Caterina?
2: Well, monitoring starts with the need to actually know in the water and sanitation sector, we need to know how many people are getting water and sanitation services, what is the quality of the services and who does not have them so we can actually improve people's lives. But to do that, it requires people to actually collect data, to analyse it, and most important, to take action. So that means that monitoring data needs to get to governments, to service providers, to citizens. And I know it might be hard to believe, but at the moment we know very little about such a basic human right.
0: Still... A lot needs to be done to uh, achieve the, the sustainable development goal number six, which is to ensure access to water and sanitation for all. But how much needs to be done exactly and how do we monitor the progress? Well, these are questions we can ask Tom Slaymaker. Welcome. Thank you. Well, I, I just asked this to Katarina as well. Why is the monitoring so important?
1: Um, Well, we've been uh, monitoring at the the global level uh, for about 25 years, since the 1990s. And really our job uh, when it comes to global monitoring is to try and understand um, what uh, services people have and to establish um, some sort of uh, common definitions and measures which will allow us to be able to compare um, the, the access and the services that people have and also to be able to track progress over time. Um, But it's been um, a very long project. I think we've made a lot of progress, um, especially during the MDG period. Uh, But we still have a long way to go in terms of improving the quality of the data that is available um, in many countries around the world in order to be able to get a better understanding of whether or not we're making progress over the next 15 years under the Sustainable Development Goals.
0: Yeah, because if you, you know, build it up to a global scale, I can imagine it's quite quite difficult to compare all the data on a global scale. Um, how do you do that?
1: Well, all of the data that we use is national data. So um, the Joint Monitoring Programme doesn't go around the world running surveys. What we do is we work with governments who are running surveys, and we try to... Um, establish um, standard uh, questions and definitions, which they use um, when they ask people um, what kind of drinking water source they use, what kind of sanitation facility they have, and whether or not they have a, a hand-washing facility. Um, and as those uh, definitions have become more standardised over time, it has enabled us to then be able to compare progress across across countries. Um, and then we can really start to understand whether um, specific populations within a country or uh, certain countries um, have a higher or, or, or lower level of access to, uh, to WASH services.
0: But is most of this data standardised?
1: Well, it's starting to become more standardised. Um, I think, uh, you know... 15, 20 years ago, um, we had uh, a lot of data on just drinking water, but without being able to understand what is meant by the term drinking water, without being able to understand the different types of facilities that people are using, it's very difficult to be able to um, make a meaningful comparison um, about the, the quality of services. And uh, what we did as a, as a joint monitoring program was to establish a a core set of, of questions with some standard definitions. Um, and we encouraged um, some of the, the big international survey programs to, to use those common definitions. And now they're also very widely used by, um, by national governments um, in, in censuses and in uh, and in national surveys. So um, we have a lot more confidence in, um, in the data that we have now compared with the data that we had, say, 20, 25 years ago, um, and that means that um, the estimates that we produce are much more likely to be um, comparable across countries
2: uh, Tom um, over the years I talked with several heads of government have told me how instrumental the access to this global data that it, act- it actually uh, triggered improvements in the sector in the water and sanitation uh, sector in their countries. Can you tell us a little bit more about who's actually using this global data?
1: well I think it's it's interesting when, when countries come together um, to talk about common challenges that they face. Um, it could be at a regional level, um, within South Asia or within uh, Africa, for example, um, when, when governments come together and talk about um, these challenges. Um, what they want to be able to do is um, to compare with each other, with their neighbours, but also um, with other countries in other parts of the world. And so in order to be able to do that, they, they need to be able to... Um, be measuring the same things. And that's really the job um, of global monitoring, is to establish those those common benchmarks. And uh, what we can do at a very simple level is to be able to uh, hold up a mirror to countries and to ask them, is this uh, an accurate reflection of what's going on in your country? And to encourage a conversation uh, amongst the countries about um, what works and what doesn't work. And um, I think that's uh, been particularly useful when it comes to uh, some of the the big uh, global initiatives to improve progress on on water and sanitation. So, for example, the Sanitation and Water All Global Partnership um, is all about bringing countries together, um, analysing the situation in those countries, and uh, discussing um, what's working, what's not working, what they can learn from each other, but also how they can help each other and how um donor countries uh, can can target um, their support to those countries uh, which are most in need.
0: Let's now go from global to local um, how to collect the data. Do you have any examples of successful and adequate monitoring uh, in the field?
1: I think we have um, we have lots of examples. Um, one of the um, shifts uh, as we move from the from the MDGs uh, to the SDGs, is that uh, we're we're going beyond just monitoring uh, drinking water and sanitation, and we are adding um, hygiene, uh, so that means uh, hand washing with soap and water. But we're also going beyond just monitoring the types of facilities that people use, and we're starting to look at service levels. And one of the most um, serious concerns during the MDG era was about the quality of water that people were drinking. So although we had good information about the types of sources that people used, whether they were using piped water or whether they were using boreholes or, or dug wells, for example, we didn't have any any information on, on the quality of water that we supplied.
0: And how is so it tested? The Who's doing the, the actual testing then?
1: Well, in the last few years, we've been working very closely with um, people who run um, some of these big uh, household survey programs and uh, trying to see if we could include uh, water quality testing as part of those household surveys. And at UNICEF, we have a... Um, what's called the Multi-Indicator Cluster Survey, which has been running for for many years looking at the situation of women and children. Um, And what we've been able to do is to uh, use um, a a very simple test, which is quite cheap and quite uh, easy to do uh, in the field in order to be able to test the quality of water um, that people are drinking in the household and also uh, the quality of water which is available at the source, um, which is where they collect because it gives us, um, uh, gives us information um, about uh, inequalities, not just in terms of access, but also in terms of the quality of water that, that people are getting. And we see some very interesting patterns. So we've done this for a, a small number of countries over the last um, year or two, and um, this will now be included as a standard part of the, uh, the household survey programme going forward. So we expect to have a lot more data in future, um, but it shows us that um, uh, sometimes uh, it's not necessarily um, those who we expect um, to have poor quality water who actually have um, uh, quite serious problems. So we often find um, that there is contamination in piped water systems, which um, previously have been um, uh, thought of as as a, as a high, level, as giving a high level of service.
0: And I guess um, now with these tests, you are able to track this because the household service can um, use these globally available uh, tests now, isn't it?
1: Well, that's right. So as uh, the data starts to become available for uh, more and more countries... Um, we can make an assessment of of, um, the quality of water that people are getting now, but also we'll be able to track uh, trends over time and we'll be be able to see uh, whether the quality of water is improving or deteriorating. Um, And uh, we'll get a much uh, uh, richer... Uh, understanding of um, the quality of services that people are getting.
2: With with the Millennium Development Goals, the world was very proud that we had reached the targets for water, uh, of people having access to to water, to some sort of water. But now we're going more in-depth of actually what those services mean and with water quality testing starting to kick in. Do you think is is a step back. So actually, we are all very proud we achieved the Millennium Development Goals. But now we're starting looking deeper into it, and actually, the picture is not so rosy because it's, even if people have access, it's of very poor quality. How, how how is the UN handling this? This kind of looks like a step back.
1: Yes, I think it's um, it's an an important. Um, Challenge that we have ahead, which is to communicate the shift. Um, so previously, we've been, we've been looking at um, simply whether people have, have access to an improved or an unimproved drinking water source or sanitation facility, um, which is a very uh, basic piece of information. Um, it's very useful to be able to understand levels of access, but it doesn't really tell us much about um, the quality of those services. So as the monitoring becomes more sophisticated, Um, then inevitably, I think, um, we're going to see that um, uh, the levels of coverage um, will go down. So as we start to measure things like uh, water quality, as we start to measure availability, um, and as we start to measure things like um, what's happening to uh, the faecal waste, um, which is coming from those uh, sanitation facilities, um, then we're going to see a much more complicated uh, picture. Um, and the challenge will be to communicate um, what's going on in a in a simple way so that uh, policymakers can understand uh, whether or not they're making progress and also the reasons why um, they're making progress in some areas but not in others. So definitely um, as, as we start to monitor more things and as we start to um, combine those different elements um, into more complex forms of measurement, um, then we risk uh, confusing people. Um, the picture is, is, is not as, as simple um, as it was when we had very limited data. But ultimately, um, having um, more data on these, on these um, different elements will help us to um, really understand what's going on and to be able to do something about it.
0: What are at this point, the major challenges for adequate monitoring?
1: Um, well, I think I would focus on, on, on two things, um, which are going to be really challenging over the next 15 years. Um, one is uh, the commitment um, to universal access and, and leaving no one behind. Um, and that means uh, that we need to be able to get more and better data on uh, which parts of the population. Um, have access and, and, and which uh, are being uh, marginalised or, or excluded. Um, and in order to be able to do that, um, we need to be able to disaggregate uh, the information that we have. Um, so um, previously we've had information on, on rural and urban areas and also on, on rich and poor. Um, but in future we're going to need to um, collect information about um, you know, different um, uh, subnational areas. Um, we're going to need to be able to collect information about specific uh, socio-economic groups, ethnic groups, for example, um, or particular geographic locations um, which um, are, are disadvantaged. And this this creates a a big challenge um, from a data perspective. Um, there are not many countries for which we're able to get information right down to to that level. Um, but that's Um, probably going to be the the biggest challenge ahead if we're going to uh, be serious about achieving universal access and and getting services to everybody.
0: Yeah, Because, Katerina, how important would it be to have access to this kind of very precise data?
2: I mean, this is absolutely critical. If we're talking about universal access, it requires everyone. No one is left behind, everyone with access to services. But we need to know who these people are, where they are, and how are we going to provide uh, services to them. And more important, we need to give this information to uh, those civil society organizations that can also hold uh, governments and service providers uh, to be able to reach some of these poorest and most disadvantaged populations.
0: Yeah. So to conclude, what what first step should we take, uh, Mr. Slaymaker, to to get this data and to find more uh, information between different groups?
1: Well, I think the first step is to be, to be very clear on, on what it is that we're, we're trying to measure and monitor and to have some agreement on that. And then secondly, to decide where that data is going to come from. Um, so some of it can come from a, you know, a national household survey, um, but some of this information is going to need to come from administrative data sources. It's going to need to come from, from local governments or it's going to need to come from service providers or from regulators. And so um, we can't expect you know, all of this information to come from the same data source. Um, so at, a, at a, a country level, there needs to be a discussion about uh, where these different types of data can come from. And also secondly, how they can be brought together and how they can be um, put into the, the public domain so that people can um, analyze them and can understand what's, what's going on and can uh, take action to, um, to address, uh, to address the problems. Um, so it needs, uh, um, quite a big conversation um at a country level uh about what data exists what's missing what needs to be done to um to fill those data gaps
0: okay lots needs to be done thank you so uh, very much tom Slaymaker from the joint monitoring program for water supply and sanitation Um, katarina to wrap up what are the most important takeaways from this episode of wash talk
2: well, I think it's, it's clear that global monitoring is, is important to establish some sort of common benchmark to understand from country to country what works, what doesn't work. But it does require commitment, commitment to universal access and to, uh, goal six of the sustainable development goals. Um, monitoring is becoming much more sophisticated. It goes beyond access to water and sanitation. It's now also about tracking water quality, tracking waste, tracking water sources. Um, And and that it's quite important to know how are we going to communicate this more complicated monitoring data so that actually is being used by uh, politicians, service providers and most important to reach the unserved at the moment.
0: Thank you very much. That's it for this episode of WASH Talk. If you have any comments or questions about anything you heard, please get in touch with us via our website ircwash.org slash washtalk or on Twitter at IRCWASH using the hashtag washtalk. Or you can also like us on Facebook. In the next episode, we'll be talking about assets management. Thank you for listening. This podcast was brought to you by RSC, an international think-and-do tank that works towards finding long-term solutions to the global crisis in water, sanitation and hygiene services, mainly in rural areas.